Welcome back to the Mention Me Podcast. I'm your host, Trevor Hall, and today I've got an incredible guest for you. He's America's career coach, helping you find the sweet spot you belong in for your career. His name is Ken Coleman. Ken is the number one best-selling author of the book, The Proximity Principle, the proven strategy that will lead you to the career you love. I read this book about a year ago, and it's a great read whether you love your job or you despise your job, or if you're just looking to make new connections in a career path you might enjoy. Ken is also the author of One Question, Life-Changing Answers from Today's Leading Voices. At Ramsey Solutions, he hosts the Ken Coleman Show in more than 35 cities across the U.S. Along with that, Ken is also a world-class interviewer and speaker on the topics of personal development, career, and leadership. Let's get this episode rolling. Enjoy. You know, in my early teens, I was um, I was a kid who just always had a big vision, you know, and <clears throat> 16, 17 years of age, that vision got a little bit more clear, a little bit more defined. Um, when I thought I was supposed to run for office, called to run for office, political office. So, you know, by the time I'm 16, I'm feeling like I know pretty much what I want to do with my life. And so I was um, tremendously aggressive in going after that and had some success early on. Uh, I, I'll spare you the bio and the timeline, but uh, by the age of 22, I was running uh, <clears throat> three congressional districts on a statewide gubernatorial race in Virginia. We won and I'm 23 years old working for the governor of Virginia and had a big office and wearing suits every day and, and thought I was living the dream. And it was in that time that I realized that the, the zeal for public service did not include working in public office as a staffer, uh, essentially uh, being a part of the bureaucratic machine. So, uh, I began to wrestle there and say, okay, I think it's time for me to get out of um, the elected side of politics and go get a business job, begin to build a real life resume that would include leadership so that when I run for office years down the road, not knowing exactly when that is, um, that I would have this uh, real resume, not be this political insider. So that was the that was the plan. And so I pursued that and it was in that season uh, that I began to uh, lose the juice, the passion for working in politics that led to some real confusion and uh, uh, misery and then self-discovery to mm. figure out, wait a second, what's changed? Why did it change? What does it mean now? How do I figure out the new mountain? And so that process that I just walked through on my own, I didn't come up with what I teach now on the show, but everything I teach now is informed by my own journey. So for me, it was always a guy who was wanting to be on purpose. When I wasn't on purpose, I was really miserable and I didn't like being miserable. So I figured it out. Yeah, that confusion, I feel like is what everyone feels at some point in their career because you you come out of college you come mm -hmm. out of high school whatever and you you hop into whatever's available to you and whatever you're going to make some money doing pay off student loans whatever you have to do but everyone feels that confusion and Ken I know you talk a lot about finding your sweet spot and uh, I do want to talk about your new book the proximity principle as well but Ken what is the sweet spot for people in their career how do they find it 
You know, the sweet spot is where you use what you do best to do work you love to produce results that matter deeply to you. So there are three elements, three gifts that I just mentioned in that sentence. Number one, talent. So I said, use what you do best. That's your talent. So your hard skills, your soft skills. To do work you love, that's how I define passion. That's high emotion, high devotion to the work itself. And then to, to produce or to create results that matter deeply to you, that's mission. So that's my mission. So when I use what I do best, talent, to do work I love, passion, to produce results that matter to me, mission, I'm in my sweet spot. And the reason I use the analogy for that is because all three of those are working together, coming together, and producing maximum impact. You know, the sweet spot analogy is, is used in sports, whether that be a baseball hitting a baseball bat, a tennis ball hitting a tennis racket, a, a puck hitting a, a hockey stick, a, a, a golf ball hitting a golf club. When the ball is struck by the sweet spot of the bat, it feels effortless. Anybody who's ever done it, you don't even hardly even feel the contact. And then you get the maximum result. Mm. So let's translate that to us. When we are living and operating and working in our sweet spot, others look at us and they, they say, oh, my gosh, they were born for this. They're mm. a natural uh, because it looks effortless to them. We know that there's a lot of effort put into it. Right. But it looks effortless to the bystander. And, mm. and then they see maximum performance. And so that's where the analogy of the sweet spot comes in. Yeah, that's so good. And I've, it's so um, easy to fall into the trap of the everyday work. You know, I'm never going to enjoy what I do. Uh, so I think that's an important message that gets preached because people just fall into this trap of, well, I got to make money. I got to do this the rest of my life, even if I hate it, even if I'm miserable. And Ken, it sounds like early on in your career, you hit that spot and ended up finding your sweet spot. What were some of the battles that you faced when you had to jump to something new? Oh, well, uh, they were the three enemies that I talk about every day on the Ken Coleman show, fear, doubt, and pride. So uh, fear and doubt are not the same thing. They can feed each other, okay? Uh, they're, they're, I like to call them ugly cousins. You know, they like to hang out one on one shoulder, one on the other, <laughs> and they just kind of, they just spread their vitriol and their lies. Uh, but fear, uh, absolutely fear of uh, rejection, because I got rejected a lot, um, fear of what other people are going to say, which turns into a little bit of pride, right? Mm. Uh, pride in the sense I didn't want to ask for help. Pride I didn't want to admit that I was, you know, making a major move that I couldn't do on my own. Uh, so I tried to do it on my own for a while. Um, with no help, no connections and, and things of that nature. Doubt, you know, is it too late? You know, did I get started too late? Do I have the actual talent to succeed? So those are the enemies that we all face. Uh, they just come at us in different voices and different little statements, but fear, doubt, and pride were absolutely huge enemies of my progress. Yeah, those are the three that uh, I feel like everybody hears starting something new. For me, it was starting this and you tell yourself, well, scared of posting something. I'm scared of people seeing this. I'm scared if I'm not good enough. That's the doubt. Mm -hmm. And so everyone yeah. hears that, but it's, what did you find pushing through that discomfort and those fears? What did you find on the other side of it? 
Well, you know, you, you, you see resili resilience, you know, as you keep pushing through it, whether it be just one day of slogging through some have to do's, you know, so that you can get to the get to do's. Right. Uh, resilience, for sure. Uh, another way of saying that is grit. You know, you, you see grit on the other side of that and that grit muscle grows. Um, momentum. You know, when you when you begin to stack some small wins together, it feels pretty good. And we go, okay, I'm making some headway here. Um, confidence. You know, there's so many things on the other side of that. You yeah. know, I could go on and on and on, but those are those are three biggies. Yeah. Well, Ken, I want to hit on your uh, new book, The Proximity Principle. I see it there behind you as well. Uh, I read this a few mm -hmm. months back, mm -hmm. and I I found so much value in it in searching for what I want to do and landing in a job that I want and in a career that I want. So Ken, for the people that don't mm -hmm. know, can you explain what the proximity principle is? Because it is a different strategy than um, what a lot of career experts are talking about. Yeah, the proximity principle says in order to do what you want to do, you've got to be around people that are doing it and in places where it is happening. So the idea here is, is you pick the career path or at least a, certainly a sector of work that you're interested in. You got to get around people that are successful in that area. That's what I mean by get around people that are doing it, the work uh, or in the field that you're interested in. Get around people that are successful and also uh, very, very satisfied with the work. Uh, because when we're around those people, we, we get the opportunity to learn about the actual work itself, what's involved day in, day out, what it takes to get there. So much knowledge and wisdom, uh, and, and that's really important. And then the third thing, beyond knowledge and wisdom, because remember, knowledge, when I say this, knowledge is are, are the facts. Here's how I get there, or here's how you could get there, here's what qualifications you need, mm -hmm. um, Here's what the day-to-day -day looks like. Here's, here's what entry level looks like. That's knowledge. Those are facts. Wisdom is that person's experience uh, on the journey. So knowledge and wisdom are the two first things that you get by being in proximity to people, the people that are doing it. And then uh, the third thing is, 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 is they connect you. So when you're around the right people, people that are doing it, they're going to connect you to other people that are doing it. And they're going to point you to places where you can observe and meet more people. So that's the beauty of the proximity principle. The right people introduce me to more of the right people and put me in the right places where I meet more right people and I learn about more right places. So the formula, if you were to break down the principle itself, is the right people plus the right places equals opportunity. Mm. The right people plus the right places equals opportunity. So what that means, folks, is if you're somebody who's going, man, I just can't catch a break. I can't, I can't get an opportunity. I can tell you this, you're not around the right people enough. Mm. You're not in the right places enough. When I am in the right place, the right time will happen. Mm. It's the uh, metaphor of if I need to catch a train and I don't have the schedule on my phone, what do I do? If I can't get access online to the train schedule in Nashville, but I got to catch a train today, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to the train station. <laughs> yeah. That's the right place. Right, right. I know that if I go to the train station, that a train is coming and I'll get on a train. And so that's what people miss sometimes. Mm.
they, they feel stuck and they can't catch an opportunity. Well, if you're not around the right people and in the right places, the right time can't happen. Mm. It cannot happen and it will not happen. This I can guarantee you. Wow. But the flip side of that is if I'm in the right place and I'm around the right people, then there's going to come a day where somebody knocks on my door. This idea of, oh, kick the door down. Well, yeah, that works sometimes, but very rarely. That's that's more of a romantic, motivational speaker, bunch of gibberish. The reality <laughs> is, is that the uh, really, really successful people um, rarely had to break a door down. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, somebody tapped them on the shoulder and said, hey, come over here. Let me show you a door I think you need to walk through. That's what I found. Man, that's so good. What do you say, Ken? Because I know you've you get a lot of these calls on your show that say, Ken, I, I agree with you on the proximity principle and I want to do it, but I just don't know anybody. What do you say to those people that that claim to not have any connections um, and are scared to reach out? Yeah, I try to gently tell them you're wrong. You know, plenty of people. Yeah, uh, because you do, you know, and here's how this plays out on the show. It's almost always the same conversation. Mm-hmm. Can I don't know enough people, and so I'll let them finish their sentence, and, I, and I'm trying not to swat them. I want to be kind and loving, so I'll say, right. all right, how many people do you actually know? And I won't let them answer right away. I'll say, okay, I'm talking close, personal, friends, and family. That's your really tight network. Then let's go out a layer, okay? So then let's look at acquaintances, people that you see at your kids' sporting events or at school or if you do church or social groups. These are acquaintances. If you saw them at the grocery store, they're not going to ignore you. They know you. They'll stop and be friendly. So that's your next layer of acquaintances. And then let's think about social media, which I take, it's still an acquaintance, but it's more of a digital acquaintance. Right. And so maybe it's, you know, all these people from college you still keep in touch with. And let's say you have, you know, 400 friends on Facebook. Well, you said you didn't know anybody, but the reality is you got 400 friends on Facebook, so we've blown that up. Sure. And so what we realize is we, if we take the social media connections, uh, and let's lower it for somebody here who's really cynical that's listening to this. Uh, if you have 200 friends on Facebook and 100 of them are people that are in your town that you would say, okay, so we only have 100 digital acquaintances and I got 100 real acquaintances. Well, how many people do those 100 people know? Here's what everybody said. The answer is we really never know. Mm-hmm. But somebody will always say, well, probably at least 100 or two. Oh, so if we take the 100 people that you know, and each of them knows 100 to 200 people, how many people do you have access to? And the answer is thousands, if not tens of thousands. Right. But it is a function of communicating boldly, um, letting people know what you're looking for, what you're going mm-hmm. for, and keep ba- pounding the drum. Just keep banging the drum. And eventually, uh, somebody's going to hear that drum beat, the right person, and, and, and now we get a connection. So sure. that's, that's what I say. You do know enough people. You, you know plenty of people. You know all the people you actually need to know. Now, I'm all for continuing to connect, but this idea that I'm limited by my meager database is a bunch of garbage. It's not true. Yeah, and, and Ken, for the people that are reaching out, and say, you know, getting connected with maybe people that they, um, they're close with, it's, they're in their circle, they're in their hundred people. When they sit down mm-hmm. and grab coffee and connect with them, what should they be looking for? What should they be asking and, um, and trying to get out of that conversation? Well, you, you want to be a student. 
the 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 posture, uh, the mindset of you in a meeting like this is one of a student. I'm grateful that you're giving me your time. You can teach me something, and I'm grateful to sit here and I'm ready to learn. And so it's not what can you do for me. I need your, you know, I need you to do this, this, and this for me. That's that's the wrong way to go about it. It's mm -hmm. here's what I'm looking to do. I want to get your insight. Uh, that's the knowledge piece. I need some knowledge on these questions. Mm. And I also want your wisdom. Apply your experience to these to, 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 to this knowledge. And, and if you're willing, if you know, there's some other people you think I need to reach out to, let me know. It's an active, uh, I'm not asking you to do something for me. I'm asking mm -hmm. you to, um, to guide me, help me, inform me, connect me. Um, people like to do that. And a lot of times people go, well, I just feel, oh, I just, you know, I feel bad. I can't really do anything for them. And even though you say that, Ken, I understand that, but it still feels like I'm asking them to help me. Yeah, you are. But what you're misunderstanding is that when we make someone feel valuable, which that does, when you do it the way I described, then we are providing value to them. They feel mm. good about themselves. Who doesn't, who doesn't, like to give their opinion when somebody positions that, Hey, I respect you. I want to be where right. you're at or whatever. I want to pick your brain. Everybody feels good about that. Right. No one's going to kick you out of the room for saying that stuff. Right. They're not going to say, get does. out of here. There, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are a few people that can be real jerks sure. and not give you the time of day, but again, that's, that's not a loss. Right. That's a, that's going to be, that's going to be a minority response. Right. And I would guess if someone does respond that way, Maybe that's not the right person to be connected with at the same time. Well, it's not the right person. Right. No, they've got all kinds of junk going on in their own life. They don't. <laughs> right. They can't even give. They can't give anything to you. Right. Right. You know, they can't. They can't add value to you. They don't want to add value to you. They got other stuff going on, and that's fine. Big deal. Yeah, Get you got. It. Yeah, you got more people to connect with. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, Ken, what what do you say to people who are in their role for now 10, 15 years? Maybe they're in their you know forties now. And they've mm -hmm. been kind of doing a job that they are not passionate about. They haven't found their sweet spot. Is it too late for that person? Or what do you say to, to people that, you know, do you just say, hey, finish off your career and call it quits? Or do you say, no, you got to find your sweet spot because you have a role. Oh, to fill. of course. Yeah. You know, I'll tell them what I tell our listeners is I start the show every day. You were created to fill a unique role. You were needed. You must do it. It's not Absolutely. an option. It's an obligation. It's a duty. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would point them to my seven stages to meaningful work. All right. So we got to start with get clear stage one. You might be clear, but let's go. Let's look at stage one, which is get clear. And that's where we walk through the sweet spot and we find out what's your sweet spot. And inside that sweet spot, by the way, are multiple dream jobs, which means there are multiple career paths. And of course, a lot of jobs that will essentially be jobs that walk you up the ladder. So, well, let's figure it out. Get clear at stage one. If you're clear, if we find that you're clear, that you've always had this vision, you just didn't go for it for a myriad of reasons. We go, okay, great. Let's look at stage two. Are you qualified? If you're not qualified, you got to get qualified. So that's pretty simple. What do I need to learn? That could be traditional education or some type of certification, but it's what do I need to learn? Then experience what I need to do. How much is that going to cost me time and money? And then how long is that going to take? That, those are your four questions. The uh, education question, the experience question, the uh, economic question, and the expectation question. Okay, great. we got a plan. We plugged in the answers. We go, okay, this is what i got to do. Now I can see it. It's not so 
scary because it's not so unknown. And so we start the process of getting qualified. While we're getting qualified, that's where the proximity principle now comes in into stage three. And you can be in stage two and stage three at the same time. Hmm. So we got to get connected. And we're getting connected, connected, connected. And I already taught on that a few minutes ago. So that's how we get opportunities. And when the opportunity that we want, the right opportunity comes along, boom, we take it. We get started. All right, so we start a new job or start a new career path. And so, and as we get in, and now we're in, we're looking to get promoted. And that's stage five. And then stage six is after we get promoted and get promoted and get promoted and get promoted and get promoted, we step into the dream job. Mm. And then and then when we're in the dream job, we've been going up, up, up the whole time. We've been looking up towards that professional pinnacle like Mount Everest. And just <laughs> as Sir Edmund Hillary, the first man who scaled Mount Everest does, he gets to the top and, you know, he surveys the view. And now he's looking out mm. and he sees another mountain range. And he said to his climbing partner, I'm going to climb that range next. Wow. And so we expand the dream once we're in the dream job. So those are the seven stages. So to that person, I go, where are you in the seven stages? Find your stage, complete the stage, keep moving. And you'll be surprised um, that it's not too late and that you can't get there. That's so good, Ken. Thank you for sharing that. To, to finish off here, I just got some fun kind of lifestyle questions for you that I ask everybody. Okay, here we go. And the first uh -oh. one is, what is your, do you have a morning routine? And if so, what does it look like? Yeah, uh, I get up every morning and um, I have a glorious, probably eight, nine-year-old uh, restoration hardware robe that's like wearing a quilt. <laughs> and uh, I throw my robe on. I go get a cup of coffee because I've preset my coffee, so it's waiting on me, and a cup of coffee, and then um, I, uh, I get in the Bible, and I read the Bible, and I do a, a devotion uh, based on the reading, and then I have quiet time where I, I pray, and then I reflect and just go through an exercise of gratitude, and, um, and, and then I uh, wake the kids up and get them going and then i uh quick bite to eat and uh get ready for the day i drop my kids off at school i really value that time in the morning with them so that's my routine i love it uh so you yeah, mentioned super you do exciting isn't it what a hey. scintillating life i live will so, as i <laughs> hey. as i repeat it back i go gee whiz i sure am boring but you know what that routine works for me man it's, it's hey. a good routine and i bet you've seen a lot of fruit from that uh over the consistency that you sure you've built that habit too so i love it yeah i think i think that i think it's really important that you the first thoughts you have in the morning are good thoughts mm. yeah i think so too i i like the good i've feelings. had a I've had a couple, I think I had John Deloney on here as well. And I think he said he did oh, yeah. a, a gra gratitude journal. Um, mm -hmm. And I journal, but I don't do a gratitude journal. So mm -hmm. Ken, when you do your journal um, and you're writing things you're grateful for, what does that look like? Is it just a few things in the morning that you just jot down that, that you're thankful for? Or uh, what does that look I would like? call them big rocks, big rocks and little rocks. You know, the, the big things that I'm thankful for that just never change. It's every morning in my life, I'm going to be thankful for these big things. Mm. Um, my faith, my wife, my kids, sure. you know, a lot of things. Uh, but then the, the little things that pop up, just maybe something great happened yesterday, you know, sure. and, and so I'm grateful for this. And, the, you know, so it's, I would call them big rocks and little rocks, it's just whatever in the moment I'm present with. Yeah. And I bet that helps you just, you know, 
continue to be grateful throughout your day. A lot of things try to pull at your attitude throughout the day. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how many, or how, have you had any mentors, Ken, in your life? And um, if so, what is one of the pieces of advice that you've taken um, from them that has impacted you to this day? I've had many mentors, uh, but I, but I've really close relationships with about four or five guys that, um, have, have been that role for me. Um, so much advice. I, so much, I mean, I've got thoughts yeah. right now that are just flooding my head. Um, <laughs> I think, I think the, the theme that pops up, uh, that just hit me about two or three times right away, uh, was just a value of patience. I think that, mm. I think that, Patience is the most underrated superpower in the world. And I, I don't, you know, I think as parents, sometimes we'll teach our kids to be patient, but it's usually when like, you know, they want something right now. But as we get older and stuff, you know, I don't hear a lot of teaching and a lot of guidance and a lot of, you know, banging the drum for patience and how, mm. how absolutely vital it is because we make perseverance, you know, go, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle. We glorify that so much that what we forget to tell people when we, when, and again, I'm talking about me in the content provider world. If we preach perseverance all the time, but we don't teach patience, it's a hollow teaching Mm. because I don't think you can just get up every day and persist or persevere. I just don't think you can. You can for a while, but then you run out of juice. You're right. And the reason you run out of juice is because you don't have the discipline and the skill of patience to understand that I get where I want to go with the combination, left foot, right foot. Hmm. Persist, be patient. Persist, be patient. Persist, be patient. That's awesome, Ken. Uh, Where can people find you on social media? Where can they find your new book, The Proximity Principle? Yeah, at Ken Coleman on Instagram. You can search The Ken Coleman Show on Facebook. Uh, We're also on LinkedIn. Just search Ken Coleman. And uh, KenColeman.com is the website for a ton of free and paid resources. Uh, There you can get the book, The Proximity Principle, in three formats, all three formats, Hard copy, audio, and the ebook all for one price of 25 bucks. That's a pretty crazy wow. deal. So you get three formats, 25 bucks. Can't get that anywhere else, but you can get the book wherever books are sold. Thank you for listening to this episode. Ken was such a pleasure to have on. I had I'd been trying to get a hold of him for quite a while, and thankfully, about 30 minutes popped up in his schedule, and so it was just amazing to be able to squeeze that time in. Ken has helped thousands and thousands of people find their sweet spot, and I'm sure he can help you too if you're not in your sweet spot of your career. If you're not, go and get his latest book, The Proximity Principle, the proven strategy that will lead you to the career you love on Amazon or go to KenColeman.com and you can buy it there too. Thanks.